Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juno Women Podcast, where I sit down with mamas to talk about their health, their work, their parenting, and all the different ways that they're keeping it together. Juna is a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your pregnancy and motherhood journey. Everything we do is to empower and support you through one of the most incredible and challenging times of your life. Today, I'm talking to my good friend and main recipient of any type of mom complaint I have, Amy Tui. Amy is a mom to two wonderful girls and was a nurse before making the game time decision to stay at home with her first. Amy and I talk about her unexpected C-section, the challenges of breastfeeding, and the magic six-week number, and how she's preparing to go back to work when the kids start school. There are a lot of great nuggets of information here, so I hope you tune in. Amy, why don't you start off by introducing yourself and tell me who you're a mom to? Um, well, I'm Amy, and I'm a mom to my two little girls. Anna is four, and Alice is two. And do you have a husband? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> one husband. Connor is 37. Connor is 37. <laughs> About to be 38. Um, all right. So why don't you um, start off by telling me your kind of path to becoming a mom? After Connor and I had been married for a few years, we decided it was... Oh, I'm interrupting you. Back up because yeah, I yeah. think it's very special that you guys have been together for like 125 years. 126. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connor and I went on uh, the, I think it was 18 year anniversary of our first date back in February. Wow. Yeah. Oh but we've only been married. Only been married for, <laughs> I don't know, 10. Oh, shoot. I, actually, it's ten. It's ten Is years it 10? because you guys got married the summer that Eric and I started dating. No, but this year will be nine. This will be nine. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sounds okay. good. <laughs> so same, same. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we have been married for a few years. No, two. I don't know, two years, and decided it was time to start a family. Um, and I think a lot of that was because a lot of our friends had started having kids. And so it was just like, okay, this is what we're going to do now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would say it was probably, well, maybe three years after that, that Anna was born. It took Mm -hmm. a long time, um, to get, to get pregnant with Anna. And I, I should have done the math before I came here. It didn't, it, it felt like a, a long time and also a very not long time, but it must've been about three years, if not more. Well, it's, you know, it's funny that you say it felt like a long time. Every month that goes by that you are not pregnant yes. feels like a, an eternity. That is so true. And so, yeah, like, two, I mean, three months could feel like three years. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I know for me, two years felt like a hundred. Right. And especially like that week before you get your period is a week about wait. the longest period of time in the entire world. And so I yep. mean, to go through even like, yes, three of those, much less like three years of those. 36. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the math. I got it. <laughs> felt like forever at the time and now feels like, you know, like, oh, sure. Oh. It took a little bit of time, right. you know? Um, and so we, we, you know, we had to do the whole path to, um, 
you know, to get, we, we went through all the testing and then had to have help to have Anna. And then two years later, or I guess one year later, we did not have a hard time getting pregnant and, um, Bing, so bam, boom. had Alice, uh, very quickly after that, not quickly. I mean, two years, it felt really fast. Well, I know you um, how much you loved being pregnant. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about your pregnancies because they were, I think, from what I remember, uneventful. Yeah. So I'm hoping you'll remember more than I do because at <laughs> I'll this walk point, you it. yeah, at this point, I'm like, oh, it was great. I loved every minute of being <laughs> pregnant. Um, and I think probably with Anna, it was a little bit. I, I feel like your first, if you have two unevent, you know, uneventful pregnancies, which both of them were, I feel like the first one is easier because you go into it like better, mm -hmm. you know, stronger and whatever. So, um, what was what was I talking? You were just going to talk about did you did you work out during your pregnancies? I don't remember. I'm sure I did with Anna. I mean, I've never been like a hardcore fitness person as an adult yeah but, but I yoga do yoga yep and so I had done a ton of yoga before you know in the years before I had kids and then I remember doing like a prenatal Pilates class with um with Anna with the older one mm -hmm. and then I, rem I remember when I went in when I was pregnant with Al with the second baby and they were like my OB said I was talking to her about how I wasn't working out much. And she said, oh, you know, running around with a toddler is, counts. And so I was like, okay, great. And, <laughs> Count it. Six days, seven days a week. <laughs> and then I think I use that as an excuse to do very little physically mm -hmm. for my second um, pregnancy, which now I'm paying for two years later. No, it's, well, you know, in, in, to be quite honest, most of the time, like the whole workout while you're pregnant is so you can bounce back easy, but mm -hmm. I feel like you bounce back pretty easily, even though you had two C-sections yeah. too, which let's, let's, okay. Uneventful pregnancies, pretty, mm -hmm. you didn't love it. I remember you not loving it. You loved it about as much as I loved being <laughs> pregnant. Um, Especially the last month. Uh, the last month. There's that like very sweet spot in there. From like week 17 to 28. Yeah. Is... Like you have all that energy, you yeah. kind of look cute. And yeah. then, and I actually remember feeling like cute up until mm -hmm. the end of 36 weeks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with my first, with my first one. And then with the second one, I think that like, I'm huge feeling came much. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Sooner. Well, actually I want to talk about, um, your do you want to talk a little bit about your labor or like labor and delivery sure. with Anna and then because that was it has its own story obviously you planned on having a not a natural like not, not an unmedicated <laughs> birth but, but a um you I mean you yeah didn't plan I mean like I didn't plan for a c-section right and then um I was joke, just joking with my mom about this, about how when like, you know, you're in college or whenever and you're falling in love with the person you're going to marry that she never told me to look for somebody with a small head. <laughs> <laughs> and I married Connor who love him. Um, I think when he was born, he set like a hospital record for head <laughs> circumference and shoulder circumference. Yeah, he was huge. He was also like a 40 pound baby. <laughs> Which I don't know about until I'm pregnant and my mother-in-law is like, oh, fun fact. Yeah. So with Anna, I 
um, I was, I went in for my 40 week appointment. Um, and I had been walking in every, I mean, walking every single day, just trying to get her to come out and doing, I didn't actually think I did everything else you could do. I just sort of committed to walking to (laughs) bring on labor. And so I went in kind of at least expecting to be a little, um, dilated. And I, I went in and she was, I was, you know, zero everything. Like this baby was not close to coming out, but she said that she started the, she, the OB said she started to notice protein in my urine. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think my blood pressure was starting to creep up at that point. And so she just thought that, um, that the baby was like ready to come out. And so I went in to get induced that night. And so, um, it was the next, so I started the induction probably at 10 o'clock that night. Then my water broke some point overnight and then I started dilating. And then did you, when did you get the epidural in that? I mean, like immediately, I think they won't give it to you until you're a little bit dilated. Okay. So I had to wait until I was a centimeter dilated right. okay. and then add a centimeter. I uh, bring it on. Begged, I mean, especially with the, um, Pitocin. Yeah. Which, I mean, my contractions were just felt unbearable. And so even before I got the epidural, I got, um, I remember they gave me fentanyl cause I was just like, I need something. <laughs> we have brought Homeland episodes into the hospital. Like, Oh, we're just gonna, um, ride this out, watch some Homeland. And then um, I think we made it through like 10 minutes of an episode. And so then it was the next day and it was about, um, I don't, I don't know. I was laboring and it was, it wasn't going well. Like I started to dilate and dilate and then I started like bleeding and then I started reverse dilating, which is not what you want. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. My cervix started swelling up. So I think I got to seven and then the next time they checked me, I was back down to a six. How many hours had that been? Not 24. Okay. Um, probably. But it felt like it. Yeah. Uh, no, you I mean, you're, yeah, I hadn't slept, but you're, there's so much going on that you're just sort of like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then, so then I had a C-section. So I, I, I think Anna was born at 4 p.m. So you know, 10, the night before until 4 PM mm-hmm. was however long it took. And by the time I felt like my, with, I trusted my doctor enough that she, she said this was the way to do it. I wasn't going to, um, you know, like fight for stand it, stand on a hill and fight for, for it. Um, and so then it, it turns out that Anna was facing the wrong way. So she was sunny side mm-hmm. up and she had her head was just stuck. And so it was just like her big head was <laughs> not going anywhere. And, um, she was a hundred percentile head, right? She was on. Oh yeah. 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 She was, she was off the charts. Um, I will add Anna has a very normal size head now. Sweet <laughs> so. Girl, she does. And yeah. So then, and oh yes. Yeah, so and then I had a C-section and then I will say for anybody that has to have a C-section. The thing I always warn them about is that, um, that I didn't expect was all the shaking. Mm. Um, I think if I had known that that was normal, it would have felt less scary at the time. And I mean, I, you know, I'm a nurse, like I knew, right. Kind of, but as you're going through it, it's like, Hmm, this is intense. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the shaking because someone else who just had their baby was like telling me that, and, and I and I've forgotten about it because obviously your body makes you forget about labor. Uh-huh. You don't retell these stories like yeah. this, but like the right before when you're going through all those contractions that like kind of like I must be like at the transition. Yeah, your body is yeah, like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and I and I remember that happening too when I had surgery uh-huh. with like the medication. And so uh-huh. that's what, is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, like, I think right- just that like rigor shaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. I do know that it's part of like the transition. And a lot of times that's how they can tell when you're in transition, I think, because of that. Uh, you know, I, I might've made that up. No, I know. I know. I think you're right. I didn't know that with Luca. And okay. that's because I think my epidural was so perfect oh, with yeah. Kyla. I mean, I did not <laughs> get that perfect epidural. <laughs> So I felt that shaking. It was very intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, so you have a C-section. Yeah. You are now in the hospital. And then um, let's talk about your breastfeeding journey with Anna. Okay. Um, I knew I wanted to nurse Anna. It took – because of the C-section, it took a day or two longer for my milk to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, she had lost – whatever percent of weight it is that makes them kind of flag. Yeah. Flag more than 10%, right? Is that something? Sure. Yeah. I don't remember. So (laughs) Um, I think I'm one year faster than your, like most more recent. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which felt at the time felt so sort of stressful and end of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you're exhausted and whatever. And I just couldn't see that it was like, it's okay. Like this is just part of it. So then, um, oh, and Anna, this Anna had a tongue tie. Oh, that's right. Anna had a tongue tie. So in the hospital, they di- they discovered it, and then asked us in the hospital if we wanted to get it clipped. And we weren't. We didn't really know anything about it. So in the hospital, we did decide to get it clipped. And then um, it's lucky that they found it in the hospital and that you didn't kind of go home because I, I feel like that's usually it's like when you give like weeks of just having issues yeah bleeding nipples like, yeah um yeah. though in the hospital like then I then we had to make a decision so soon because mm-hmm. they can clip it in the hospital um and I felt like maybe we didn't have all the information to make or all like the wits about you. Yeah, make yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep being one right, of them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. To make that decision. So we did decide to get her tongue clipped. And then um, and then she had a hard time nursing after that for the, I don't remember, for a, for a while. Like I had to, um, sup, you know, do the whole pump and supplement, pump it and feed and then nurse her mm-hmm. every what three hours so that was just sort of a constant cycle of that yeah which was exhausting I mean it's, it feels like you have twins because you're feeding then the pump and the feeding the mm-hmm. baby um and then was she latching or was like would she nurse that that first yeah year? she just okay. wouldn't um she just wouldn't get that much okay and so then I went to the OB and was like, you know, one of my checkups, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, we had seen a lactation consultant and all that. And they had done the, um, they were the one who had set us up with this plan okay. of pump and 
I can't even remember, but very extensive Mm -hmm. and exhausting. And so then I remember being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And my OB saying, just do it for six weeks. That's when the, um, the, like the biggest benefit to the baby is in terms of the immunity and, and nutrition and all that. So I committed to doing it for six weeks. And then at six weeks I was going to stop and I was just going to slowly phase out nursing and just do more and more bottles. And then she just all of a sudden was nursing like perfectly and fine and growing. And, um, I think it just, I don't know if she had to grow into it. We have a couple of theories and one is like, she just had to grow into it. I think that there's always going to be that learning period Mm -hmm. for the baby and the mom. It's not that intuitive breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think maybe she had just had to take some time to recover from the getting tongue her tongue clipped, yeah. which isn't something that, that they tell you about. And even now I'm not sure if like they would say, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's yeah. what happened. Um, but it was, it was really a surprise how at like at six weeks, it wasn't even, it just wasn't an issue. She was just 100% able to nurse. And then, um, turned into a little fat baby (laughs) (laughs) and then you also she had reflux too right she did have reflux was that um did that make things harder like or did you have to do the like sitting upright and we she got started on zantac pretty early which helped a ton okay yeah and so then the only thing was with that is that you have to increase the dose as their weight goes up so she wound up being on zantac i think for her first year And that made a huge difference, but that was all we had to do. And that you got that information you got from your OB, like you knew to do that or your, I mean, actually your mom. Okay. Your pediatrician. I I don't think I've mentioned here, but Amy's mom is also a pediatrician. (laughs) So she's surrounded by lots of information. Um, Okay. So yeah. Um, Okay. Let's, that was, and that was that. And then Alice didn't have any problems. I mean, I nursed Alice the whole time too. Yeah. And then you, I mean, you ended up nursing, you had a wonderful breastfeeding relationship with Anna, right? I did. Oh yeah. Yeah. Until like, until you got pregnant again or did you have to wean her? I stopped. I, I decided to wean Anna when she was 15 months. No, I don't know. 18 months. It let's say somewhere between 15 and 18 months. And then I, like I stopped nursing her on a Tuesday was the last time. And it was like, you know, I'm crying right her head as I'm feeding her. And then that Friday I found out I was pregnant with Alice. So you had your body for three days. Yes. Three days. (laughs) It was just my own. Glorious. It's, um, I think, you know, it's, I, I want to like harp on a second. Cause you, I remember when I first started breastfeeding Luca and that, a couple of things I'll, I'll bring up. You, I remember texting you being like, all of these things are happening and when does this get easier? And you said six weeks, like just make it to six weeks. Like you did not, um, not that like I needed an out, but you were just like, if this is something you care about, mm-hmm. make it to six weeks. And by four weeks, my milk had regulated, which made a huge difference to the poor choking child. <laughs> um, but it was it was really good advice, and and I have continued to give that advice to friends who I know like want to breastfeed, like that because that I mean that especially in that first two week period, like everything else is kind of easy, like because your baby's still a little bit sleepy, but mm-hmm. like, oh my god, my nipples, 
were just awful. They were actually worse with Kylo, which is, you know, shocking, but, um, but like, it was just, you know, the, 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 like the supply, I mean, I'd like to, you know, the overactive letdown and then like, he was just choking. I remember the lactate, three different lactation consultants come and they were just like, he is, um, very distressed and depressed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't want to yeah. hear that. Yeah. But, um, but it does, it really, it gets so much easier after six weeks and with your subsequent children, uh, you know, it was like with Kyla at two weeks, it was significantly right. easier and, you know, hopefully, um, and plus you just know what to expect more yeah. at that second one. But I had gotten that, I had gotten that advice from the OB to stick it out for six weeks, but I had also gotten that advice from a friend who, who was just like, I, I did this and I'm glad that I did it, which was really helpful. Cause there, you know, everybody who's looking out for you is like, it's okay. You don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Formula is fine. And formula is great. And formula mm-hmm. is fine. And that, and that's all totally true. But if you do want to breastfeed, it was, it was just helpful to know that like it, it had paid off for, it was worth it for somebody like do this and yeah. just make it through this and then make a decision. Yeah. And formula is fine. And all, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. all those, yeah, like, all I, that. it's just that if you want yeah. an interest and, and I've had a few friends now who I've told them that like same six weeks advice that I got and they've done it. And I think pretty, I wouldn't say universally, but the vast majority of people who waited out are at six weeks are like, well, this is a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, end up is- making it yeah, I mean, as long, as, as, long they want. as they want. Yeah. yeah. So, but those first six weeks are so hard. What's also hard is that I remember when the OB told me that it was like, just make it six weeks. And I felt like, screw you. I don't want to do this for six more days. <laughs> like every day seems so long. And I didn't want to multiply out how many more times that was that I was going to have to use the pump and whatever. But, it, you know, now again, everything in retrospect gets a little rosy here, right. but also it, it was just a tiny blip of time. Yeah. That, that I'm glad. I know I say it. Um, I, I think I probably said it in my last one, but, but I remember being like, did you know days are 24 hours long? <laughs> because everything for you in that period is a three hour increment. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's not that they stop at 7 PM, like right. that three hour yeah. oh, cycle yeah. continues oh with 24 hours and then 48 hours yeah. and then 72 hours. And you're just like, Oh, this is my life. Yes. Now. Even, I mean, that's just, yeah. Being a mom in general is <laughs> like just the fact that you're every you're on every hour of the 24 hours. Yep. And there's not, you know, when I was a nurse and I went home, there was somebody else doing that job. Oh, that's and a now good, there's not. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's a good segue though. Let's talk about, um, so you, you're a nurse. Um, you worked up until, um, giving birth to Anna. Want, let's talk about your like career transition mm-hmm. and kind of how you've been thinking about it. And- so I thought up until I thought I was, I've, was going to just take the standard maternity leave, which here it was what, 12 weeks, three months ish. Yeah. And I, I actually had sort of planned to take a little bit longer than that. I think I had planned to take five months maybe, and then, um, and go back to work. And then during my maternity leave, it became very clear that I was not going to be able to, <laughs> to leave my child. And uh, was that, so that was super unexpected for you. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, you know, I I feel like our 
group of women, like our community of women, um, we don't have very many. I think, I feel like the expectation is that like you, you go back to work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we don't have very many friends that stay home. And I think I was the first, my first friend that I knew of to do that. Obviously I've met like a lot more stay at home moms Mm -hmm. since then, but but yeah, sort of everybody else did it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to work. And then I just couldn't. But my mom was the one who had part of the reason that I am a nurse is because my mom had kind of pushed me towards a career that would give me the flexibility to um, take time off, to take time off if I needed it and sort of balance not bad. I hate that word. You know what I mean, though. Like, um, no, but that it's that's a work for family. Yeah. So, so I knew it. I think it's a lot. It was a lot easier for me to make that decision than to stay home than for other people, knowing that I could hop back in, in theory, when when I wanted to. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, for sure. I mean, we you know I have, we've talked about this offline, but like it's. Having that flexibility is something I dreamed of Mm -hmm. because like these years you don't get back. (laughs) You know, know, you're you're going through it because, you know, Anna's going to be five and she's going to go to TK or, you know, and she's off and that's it. Yeah. Like you get five years and then they start school and then it's everything. And college. (laughs) And then they're gone. Right. Right. I mean, but yeah, it really does fly by. And I, you know, when I think about the career choices that I've made, like I did not give myself that flexibility. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, fortunate now that like I'm building a business that gives me the ability to be at home Mm -hmm. um, for specific hours of the day when I want to be home. And Mm -hmm. if I want to go with Luca on the school trip to the, Underwood Farms, I get to do that, and that's important to me. Yeah, but um, it's like you know, like I think like being a nurse, uh, being a teacher, are what was the? Is there one other one that I'm like, yeah, you could take time off and come back and to come it. Back to it, yeah. Um, I guess being a personal trainer too. There but. you go. <laughs> But then those are the only three. <laughs> those are that's it. Um, but like, yeah, it's a it's a great career to have that sort of flexibility. It definitely gives flexibility in, in making the decision of whether or not to go back. I think having having that uh, having that comfort is better. And and I've been now it's been because um, I was gearing up to go back to work after when Alice. I got pregnant right. with Anna when yeah. I got pregnant with Alice with mm-hmm. the younger one and I that. I had put, gotten Anna in the school and was like, okay, this is it. My triumphant return to the workforce and then got pregnant with Alice. And so now it's been over four years since I've been out, which has started getting me a little nervous. Like nursing is great mm-hmm. um, and there is a need and whatever, but I I don't know how responsible it's necessarily is with any profession to just, you know, fully kind of... St- Step out. Step out and then expect to just jump back in. So this next, as I have sort of like my eye to the future, because I'm anxious to go back to work. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I'm glad that I got this time at home with the girls, but it's also, um, you know, when Connor goes to work, sometimes I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're free. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier. Yeah. It's just different. Like there's, you know, it's, it's just, it sort of is nonstop. 
Um, but anyway, now that I'm looking to sort of get back in, it's like, oh, what are the things that I need to do to position myself now as like a person who can and who can go back to work? But just now when Connor was in the hospital, I talked to a woman who had taken the six years off taken six years. She was a nurse and she'd taken six years off for her kids. And then she got back and found a job in a week. So that made me feel. Yeah. That's I'm sure a positive feeling. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you're like, okay, I'll do it. I uh, can do it. Yeah. So I'm, uh, and I am glad that I've gotten to be home, but now as the kids get older, um, you know, it's time to spend. Yeah. I, I think about you often when I, uh, you know, I can, and there are challenges to, you know, having to go back to work. Um, I obviously have, have done both. Mm. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, I, I did make the joke that it's easier to go to work, but like, yeah, you, you get a break from your children right. and like by Monday I am, you know, or by Sunday evening, I'm thankful that I have some relief and that I get to, you know, like, because, it's a lot uh-huh. like I and I can't I know that you kind of find a routine because like we've even found routines on weekends right so like on Mondays you do but like it's just it's a lot of time to fill it's a lot of time to fill and I think the thing is not that like the job is necessarily any harder the job of being a mom mm-hmm. is necessarily harder than anything anybody's doing but you I don't think you can do anything for 24 hours without a break. Like even if you're working outside of the home and you really love your job, like you're going to need, you're going to get burned a out. break from yeah. it at some point just to have to think about something besides that. So that, I think that's the real challenge of being a stay at home mom is finding a, like a way to get to do that or get that. Cause otherwise it's, I think it's easy to go. A little crazy. It's also hard to justify taking time like away from your kids when you're a stay-at-home mom because it's like that's your job. That's what you're there to do. And so yeah. there might not be money to get help or whatever to to get that break. But that's been the biggest challenge for me is to make sure that I have some time outside. Yeah. It's, I mean it, at my friend's house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just some me time exactly. that will leave me so what what do you do for you like how do you um well I I did I did nothing for myself the first two years when it was me and Anna and then when I had Alice I decided it had to be different so then we got somebody to come help us out so I at least get out of the house and sometimes like my self-care stuff is getting you know going to my dentist appointment or Mm -hmm. or something like that. But that, you know, even then it's just, um, sometimes that's enough, which, uh, I hope that's not selling anything short, but it's just like that time is, is really valuable. But, um, but exercise is a big, you know, yoga. What's her fate? Um, Brooklyn Decker was on a podcast that I was listening to a couple of weeks ago and it was, she kind of talked about self-care and she was like, you know, we need to redefine self-care mm-hmm. because like, why should it be another thing that I'm, that's on my list that I'm not checking off because I'm not like going to get a facial, right? you know, sometimes like self-care. And so I, you know, I joke when I, last week when I got that, um, I think I told you I chipped my tooth. Yeah, right, right, right. I like texted Eric and I was like, I'm getting my um, crown taken out uh-huh. and replaced uh-huh. and that is my self-care. self-care. Yeah. So it is like, and I, it, it did like that was scheduling that appointment took me three weeks, uh-huh. but I got it. Done. But yeah. And it's for you and now it's done. And 
Yeah. Halfway done. Halfway. Just waiting for that, for that real crown. That's um, your next week's self-care. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that because it had like this with this wave of self-care, like, uh-huh. yes, we know it's important. Yes, we know we have to do things for us, but I, it, it can't be another thing on my list uh-huh. of things that make me feel like a failure today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so sense. sometimes just like watching The Bachelor is self-care yeah. as much as Eric Every is- time watching <laughs> The Bachelor is self-care. Exactly. <laughs> if I can just watch these people and just hate them <laughs> and love some of them, but just, you know, really think about I'm aging out of this. When's right. that year going to happen right. that I age out of this? Right. Not today. No. Not today. But um, yeah, let me – let me uh I'm gonna have to lost my lost my train of thought here. <laughs> and how was I talking about The Bachelor? I got yeah. The Bachelor always gets me distracted. I could go on and on and on. Um oh yes, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. So what does your mom community look like? Like how do you find community with other moms? That has, um, that's a really good question. And it's been hard and it's also been different at every kind of, um, and inflection point mm-hmm. of being a mom. Like when, when, um, my older one, Anna was born, um, it was, you know, I joined a mommy and me group and that was really valuable. Cause then you realize everybody, every kid isn't sleeping. Everybody's mm-hmm. baby is awake and crying at night. And that's all anybody wants to talk about. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, but you, you need those people to talk mm-hmm. about that. And so at that point, like that was my mom community. And what all I needed was, were people who had children about the same age who were experiencing the exact same thing that mm-hmm. I was. And so that was really valuable. The um, mommy and me group when Anna was born now that they're older, um, it's been nice because my mom community is my my friends mm-hmm. now and not people that I've sur- surrounded with because their children are the same age, if that right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been a big help. Like the age difference, the age difference, the age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Age differences don't matter as differences much. Differences don't matter as much. Um, and so just people who are sort of in motherhood together, regardless of being that exact same stage, which now is my, most of my friends is, has made a big difference. Yeah. Um, and then at preschool, preschool is a nice mm-hmm. mom community it- too. Cause that's, when we've talked about this, like when your kids start, when you have to start spending time with people because your kids like their kids versus. Right. Anna and Alice, you know, you're going to hang out with Luca, Luca, which is, <laughs> thank God they love Luca. <laughs> but even even if they didn't, I would be forcing, mm-hmm. you know, this friendship all the time. But now I'm in that sort of that next stage again of like, new friends and yeah yeah you know i i i asked this specific i'm going to take this opportunity because i um i think like you have always been like you had like you know anna before i had luca Mm -hmm. so you had two years of experience and then we had you know alice and luca kind of at the same time Mm -hmm. 
And you always were the type of friend who kept it very real for me. And like, I think that everybody needs that because, you know, when I was um, like up with Luca for three hours in the middle of the night and I like literally wanted to drop him off at the fire station, <laughs> I like wouldn't say that to anybody mm-hmm. because like, because like I didn't know that that was okay. But like, I right. remember you saying things like that to me and I was like, oh, I don't need to pretend that things are perfect right now because things are not perfect. Right. And I cannot soothe this baby baby I want to drop him off at the fire station or drop him <laughs> drop kick him against the wall but like obviously like you know I would never do that right right, right. like that are right. the emotions that I'm I'm feeling right now and I like you know like, I say to Eric all the time like that like you're literally one of my closest friends and I you know like, going through this mom journey has been with you and especially with you having two years of experience. I mean, like it was like a, you, any question that I had, I would go to for you. And I got, so I think about like, I, yes, I have plenty of friends that have kids, but like when I have a challenge, like, oh, my child is like only eating food and refuses to breastfeed anymore. <laughs> like I'm going to ask Amy this question. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I, I can't say how important that is to other moms is to like find you don't need a hundred of them. You right. need one person who you can be real with and voice your real um, like struggles. Because uh-huh. like when you're looking at Instagram, everybody seems so perfect right. and happy, and their children must sleep a hundred hours a night, and like that just isn't always the case. Right. And having people that will keep it real. Mm-hmm. Um, is so important. So thank you for being that person for me. <laughs> and thank you for being that person for me. Yeah. Um, I guess my last, my last question, cause I know that you have to skadoods, um, <laughs> is what is something that you would have told yourself before you had kids? No, that's not the question I want to ask you. <laughs> hmm. Do you have an answer for that? Like, what is something you would have told your pre-kid self? No, because I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think about having kids that much before I had them. What? Yeah, is that weird? It is knowing you because you're like, I don't want to call you maternal, but but you're really? so. I mean, I mean, yeah, I would, oh. I would. <laughs> like, you're so maternal, but I don't. I like, I don't want to the negative. <laughs> no, and not that not the maternal's, but like, you are so caring and like loving and there's like something so warm about you that like of course you're going to be the best mom I think oh my gosh I think even after yeah I'm in, like I'm bogarting this question but like even after you and you and Connor got married Eric was like oh they're gonna have kids like immediately Amy is gonna be a wonderful mother that's so that's incredibly nice to hear <laughs> um and very kind it's also so interesting because even now I've been a mom for four years and you know I, like not fake it till you make it, but every day it's like, am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? You know, you never. Yeah. I think that's the fun part about motherhood is like, you have literally no idea what you're doing. Right. All you can hope for. And by the way, like you are, you're doing wonderful. You have like two of the West, but two of the most well-behaved kids. Would not have said that this morning. <laughs> they are so sweet. I, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, you're doing wonderful. And, um, if my kids can be anything like yours, uh, kids are the best. <laughs> just, um, so you wouldn't have told your pre kids. So yeah, yeah. Uh, going back. Um, I think my 
I have been surprised at how many challenges there are um, and how, but that's, I, um, I want to be careful not to just paint this all as like, as a struggle. Cause mm-hmm. there's, I mean, obviously it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the best thing that's happened to me is just talking about the hard stuff is easier it's easier and probably like a little more necessary Mm -hmm. like everybody knows having kids is great right and and now I feel like people are getting probably a little bit more open about how having kids is also really hard um but um the the one thing that I didn't am I don't know how to answer this question well what would i have told myself my pre-kid self yes um like enjoy all the time yes no (laughs) actually i do want to say that because especially when i think about this all the time as was when i was having a hard time getting pregnant with Anna and all I could focus on was, um, you know, oh God, it didn't happen this month. This is so hard. It didn't happen again. Now we have to do this and this, and this is so hard. And I, I honestly wish I could go back and tell that person, like, enjoy that brunch that you're sitting at (laughs) on a Sunday morning right now, (laughs) you know, Oh like that, that those three years or I, again, I can't remember how long it was. I think about that wound up being a huge gift. Like Mm -hmm. Connor and I got that time together to just be, you know, a married couple. And you, um, now it's nice to have that foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I can remember going to brunch with that man. (laughs) When, you know, now when I'm sitting at brunch with Uh, like two children who do not want to be at brunch Mm -hmm. and are making sure that I'm not enjoying brunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a joy for me, even if everyone's like, these two just really like each other. I know. Chatting. (laughs) Can I just stay here? We could talk for a couple more hours. Exactly. Just take the time. Take the time. I appreciate you coming in and uh, and then having this conversation with me. This was a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. All right. Okay. That's all for today. If you found this episode helpful, please, please, please share it with your mom friends and write a review. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Juno Women podcast on Apple or wherever you're listening now. Lastly, if you know someone who you think would be a fantastic guest on the show, please let us know on Twitter at Juna underscore app or email me at Sarah at Juna.co. Thanks and see you guys next week.